Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 46, with special guests Cody and Shonda Cool, all the way from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Cody and Shonda have led Grand Rapids Baptist Church for almost 11 years. We recently had them here for our Maximize Life Summit, and one of their sessions was on maximizing your marriage. So thank you for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Yes, when, when you hear the expression, better half, you are talking specifically about Shonda Cool. Obviously. <laughs> so we are so glad that you are with us today. And we are uh, we got an opportunity to talk to uh, Pastor Cool by himself, but it's great to have you with us here today, Shonda. Pastor Cool, you have been the pastor of Grand Rapids Baptist Church for the last 11 years. And uh, you two have been married for how long? For 17 years? We've or? been married for 17 years this December. And it's been the best 17 years of my life. I And I'll tell you what, marriage is God's greatest, one of his greatest gifts here on earth. Well, tell, tell us tell us a little bit about your love story. Uh, tell us about uh, when you were trying to win her back. I, I, oh, yeah. That's a we, great story. We did break up. And I think uh, any marriage relationship, uh, it, it does face difficulty. But how you Now, navigate. this is before you were married. This was before we were married. <laughs> we didn't break up as a married couple. So that's this is, good. We're dating. Yes. That's good. All right. And so we're so trying I want to make sure that's perfectly clear. <laughs> that is we are in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that is. So people would think we divorced and got back together. No. But uh, we did. we did break up. And while you were dating, while we were dating in Bible college, in Bible college. Um, and then when, uh, when I saw her in, in, in college, I was like, no, I, that's when I knew that I wanted to be with Shonda for the rest of my life. And, um, so I, I went on this pursuit to win her back and it was difficult to get her back. I worked really hard, huh, sweetie? Yeah, he worked pretty hard. <laughs> I must say, mm. he was kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I annoyed her. and uh, But I was, you know, uh, I would send some of her friends up to her room to come and uh, and get her. And, and then uh, she would come down. She'd be like, what? And I'd say, well, I, I just think God wants us to be together and I want to be with you. And How creepy is that? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's like, we're supposed to be together. We're meant to be. Yeah. And looking back, I think it was a little creepy, but. Uh, <laughs> but how, how long did this go on? It went on for a good two months or so. And uh, finally, we needed some like outside intervention to help us like see that we were like great for each other. And uh, that's a whole nother story. I don't know if you want to get into that, but <laughs> uh, well, I know great. I know after dating my wife for for a year, her mother said that we needed to break up. That's a horrible thing. When the mother, the authority figure, yes. tells you you have to break up, then, uh, I, and I'm thinking, who is she? Well, I had no idea about authority, and I had to break up with her. And my girlfriend at that time, Anna, said, I mean, it was consistent for at least a year. She wasn't going to talk to me. She wasn't going to speak to me. And she didn't. She, I, I would, I would pester her. I would bother her. I would see her in class and I'd walk up to her and she'd turn around and walk the other way. So was, were you that, uh, were you that persistently anti Cody at that time? Yeah, pretty much. Is that right? Yes. So, but she just, listen, she secretly liked being pursued. I think every woman on earth wants to know that they're still worth being pursued. And I pursued her hard 
And and I'll tell you what, 17 years later, she is definitely worth it. That's true. I think I did secretly like being pursued because once he quit pursuing me and appeared to be moving on, that's the day I decided we are meant to be together after all. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, what was the thing that made you change your mind and say, okay. That's this, the thing. This, uh, that's the thing. He stopped pursuing me and appeared. That's why I used that word appeared because it was all a conspiracy with one of the staff members conspiring with him and counseling him on how to get me back. And he told him, go find some other girl and hang out with her in front of Shonda and it'll work. And it did. <laughs> now I I wouldn't advise that for anybody else, but it really worked yeah, for me. It yeah, was wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you put that uh whatever it is <laughs> in there, that that disclaimer or whatever. God can work all things together for good. <laughs> That's great. Bad advice, but God worked it together for good. <laughs> well well I think that's wonderful. I'm j i am I just you 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 uh, exude the love of Christ and and you love for one another. And I know there's difficulties in marriage, and that's that's true. It doesn't matter uh, who you marry to. Uh, it doesn't matter. I tell I told my kids when they were going to get married. I said you find somebody who loves Jesus more than they love you, because if they love Jesus more than you, they love you. When you're being unlovable, they'll stick with you because they love Jesus. Amen. And uh, so I think that's so so important. And and, and uh, that's why it's so important that we have grace in marriage. So let's talk about that. So what 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 does giving grace in marriage look like? Shonda, let me ask you that. Well, I can say Cody has given me a lot of grace and um, I can be very, very difficult, especially difficult to be married to, difficult to live with. And what he's done for me is he gives me space to grow and he gives me room to grow. He accepts me even in my imperfections he has never expected me to be perfect. He just embraces me the way I am. And that in itself has made me thrive and enabled me to be able to grow in the areas that I need to grow in. So many times, uh, I, I, I don't know how many couples I know that, that got married and they think they don't need premarital counseling because they're just in love and love is going to sustain them. <laughs> and they find later on, you need grace and you need mercy and you need those other attributes. And it's so important that we realize, I, I tell people, when you got married, you married a sinner. And the person that married you married a sinner too. And it's learning to surrender uh, to, to, uh, to, to God that helps you be the spouse that God wants you to, to, to be. During the... During the conference um, that we had, uh, you and Shonda talked about reaffirming your commitment. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think the one fuel um, that keeps the fire of marriage going uh, permanently is reaffirming commitment to each other. It's one thing to say, I'm committed to you on your wedding day. It's another thing to reaffirm that commitment through your words, actions, and attitudes throughout your marriage daily. I, I think that's why some couples at night will look at each other and be like, do you still love me? And they know they do. They just do it because they want to hear that commitment from their spouse. Uh, we need to reaffirm commitment 
uh, to each other. I, I told a story about um, Cortez, which was a Spanish explorer, and he convinced his emperor or president to give him a whole armada. But what he failed to tell his leader was that he was going to burn all the ships when he got to the New World. And that's what he did with all of his men. And so they had to make it work wherever they landed. They, they, they burned all the ships, and that should be the attitude going into marriage. Like, we're going to make this work. And there um, is no there is no plan B and there is no going back. Yeah. And our commitment to each other, we're not going to like purposely hurt and harm our spouse because there's a commitment level. But we're through our actions, attitudes and our words, we're going to reaffirm that commitment, not test it. And that's really important. Yeah. So what are the things that he does to reaffirm in, in your mind? Uh, Shonda, what are the things that he, you'd say, this is how he does that for me? That's a good question. Um, I would say publicly, and if anybody uh, listens to his sermons, he's publicly complimenting me all the time. Um, not just from the pulpit, but um, when he's talking to other people, he allows me to hear him compliment me in front of other people. And that is just a reaffirming, especially, you know, after you've been married for a number of years that you hear your husband talking about how beautiful you are and how much he loves you and just all, all these good things that normally you would say to your boyfriend or girlfriend when you're dating, he continues to say those things to me and about me to other people. Um, even though we've been married almost 17 years. That is so good. That is so, so good. I think our wives yearn to hear us tell them we love them. I, I love you. I love you. I love you over and over and over again. And I, I think it's so important that we let the world know I love my wife. I I, uh, I got in trouble with that. I used to wink at my wife when I was preaching. <laughs> and uh, one time I winked at my wife while I was preaching and there was a couple that was dating that was sitting right in front of my wife. And the guy came up to me afterwards and said, what are you winking at my girlfriend? I said, first of all, your girlfriend's like a daughter to me. And my wife was sitting right behind me. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he said, so I got in trouble with that. I got in trouble one day walking out of our church and uh, there was a crowd around. And I thought, I'm just going to tell my wife I love her. And I patted her uh, on the a place that I, only I should batter <laughs> and, and I, I whispered something in her ear. And when I did that, a lady was across the hall from us. She said, I saw that. And I, <laughs> but I've constant, I think it's so important. And I think that's so great uh, that you do that. How does she reaffirm you? Uh, well, she, um, Shonda has um, shown respect in my life. She uh, is encouraging when I preach a message. I'm like, how'd it go? She, you were just so great. Even though I know I wasn't, she just reaffirms that respect and awe. Isn't it in my nice life. when our wives love, lie to us? It is. <laughs> I, I, I know, but, but uh, she's there. She's my recreational companion. When I play softball or I do some uh, sport, she's there to watch and to play and participate. And So she and participates in the things that you're interested she in. She does. We play pickleball together. She actually loves it. 
I've heard um, of this pickleball. Pickleball. This is the third time somebody's talking to me about pickleball. It's and I, unbelievable. Pe- it's like between ping pong and tennis. I have a friend. I have a friend out in out east that does this pickleball thing, and he's got like he I, I, like a national tournament <laughs> on his church property. It's, it's ridiculous. And 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 people. I he said he said people come by the thousands, and he preaches to them. He's in halftime. They they use his facilities, and so then he says you can use them as long as I get to preach to you. And he gives the gospel of all these. I said pickleball, man. I just I picture a pickle being flashed back and forth <laughs> against. That's very interesting. So it's a it's a great game. Everybody I talk to says this is a great game. It is. It is. So she she's involved in 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 what I enjoy, and uh, damn, and that makes me feel special. I feel like Shonda looks up to me, and respects what I have to say, and respects me as a man, and that makes me feel very loved. Oh, that's great. That's mm-hmm. terrific. Communication. Uh, you spoke about the value of thinking differently. I, I I'm I'm preparing a message right now. I just I was praying one day, and I. And while I was praying this, I was thinking about uh, this couple's retreat that I was doing. And I, I wrote down, uh, marrying your opposite. Because so oftentimes we marry people that are just the opposite of us. And so you spoke about, about the value of thinking differently. I always tell couples in premarital counseling, if a couple agrees on everything, then one of them's not needed. Uh, talk a little bit about communication. Yeah, well, we're definitely two completely different human beings, and we see life from different lenses as well. And part of communicating is taking off my lens and putting on hers and her taking off hers and seeing it from my perspective. Oh, that's so good. And because she she brings into the marriage a feminine perspective, and I bring in a masculine perspective, and those are just completely different. And then our personalities are different. And, and I'm glad I married somebody opposite of me because um, we only need one of me. Uh, I don't need another one of me. I need somebody who's different from me. And, and our differences complement each other. They don't, um, we don't, they don't conflict with each other. And it, that's so important in a, in a marriage relationship. So, Would you like to comment on that? Just something that Cody and I have talked about is curiosity can turn an argument into a conversation. And so to be curious about your spouse, let your curiosity, let your curiosity lead you in your conversation with your spouse. What do you mean by that? When you said this, what did you mean by that? And be curious. Like, I really want to know what you were thinking when you said that or what you meant by, and then say the phrase that they said. And that can turn an argument into a conversation. It really, it really makes the person realize that you really do want to hear what they have to say. Because so many times when you're talking to somebody, you're thinking, oh, they're just waiting for me to stop talking so they can interject. But that really, when you do that, it, it makes the other person know that uh, you're really interested in what they have to say. When you, when you think about conflict in marriage, what's it, what's it from? It's from disappointment. What's disappointment? It's an unmet expectation in your marriage. And fleshly confrontation just escalates and turns into all-out battle and war. But spirit-led confrontation and discu- leads to discussion. It leads to resolution. or It leads to listening to understand, not listening to reload. And blast them, <laughs> yes. And and it leads to the idea of 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 my need to be right 
is not as important as my need to be right with you. And that's really, really vital in communication. Yeah, that's so, so, so good. That I need to be right with you more than need to be right. Man, there's so many, so many times, uh, and I've seen this over the years, and I'm sure you have, people will come in and they are just angry with each other. And you ask them the question, how did this start? And they don't even know. <laughs> they don't even That's know. True. He dropped a f- spoon on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> 30 <laughs> years ago. 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Wh- why? He has no consideration because he dropped a spoon on the floor? No. And then that just, it, it's amazing. People don't even know because they it's just now I'm going to prove that I, I was right in this whole deal. Wow. Really, really important. It's sad when I we're a counseling couples and it's like you're you're just watching two people fight and it's more like a sibling rivalry <laughs> rather than a marriage relationship. I'm like, don't you guys love each other? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? It's like two roommates who've signed a contract, not a man and a woman in a covenant relationship before their savior. And that's where we're trying to lead people back to in our church is like, you're, you're in a covenant relationship. Like you got married because you love each other unconditionally, not because she can give you something or he can give you something. And, and that's another discussion. And and we do need to meet each other's needs, but man, you married that person because you love who they are, not what they do. Yeah. And you should marry them in order to serve them the rest of your life. And of course, people don't think about that, but uh, because so often our marriage, it's all about, whoa, this person's going to make me happy. Whoa, man, this, uh, you described seeing Shauna for the first time and said, whoa, I want that. You know, I, uh, and I don't remember exactly the, the expression. I think you said, I said she's hot. She's hot. <laughs> I use more dignified language now. That's, At least she's beautiful. That's good. That's no, good. he doesn't. <laughs> He's lying. <laughs> I had a guy in college. Uh, my daughter. I was speaking at at Pensacola Christian College one day, and and uh, and and my daughter was there, and she said, "Dad, I want to introduce you to somebody." I said, "What's that?" And she had told me this guy walked up to her and said, "I just want you to know, I think you're hot." Well, that wasn't an expression that we, was acceptable in my, because for me, in my generation, saying somebody was hot was, that wasn't, you're not, you're going beyond what yes. you should say. <laughs> so uh, she said, Dad, I want to introduce, this is the guy, and he, he had no idea. He, she, she brought the guy in, and he said, she said, Dad, this is the guy who, who looked at me and said, I think you're hot. I said, come here, let's talk. <laughs> we had a heavy talk conversation about that because I didn't want anybody looking at my daughter in an inappropriate way. So um, so I'm sure you didn't mean that. No. I do just, you were just the carnal Cody that you are. 100%. <laughs> so, so, what are, so what are some practical ways to grow uh, your love as a couple? Shonda, why don't you speak about that? How can you can help some men know how they can uh, grow in their love or show their love? To- yeah. Um, well, the men can um, compliment their wives. I've mentioned that before. Tell her she's beautiful. Um, Cody, although he does do this uh, a lot from the pulpit, it's not a show. He, even if it was just him and I together, he does this to me all the time. He really lives this out. And 
um, you know, I'm not 18 anymore, but he's still, you know, I'm getting gray hairs and wrinkles and had four kids. And he still tells me how beautiful I am, how much he loves me. Um, and that's just something that I really do appreciate. And it sounds vain, but I do. I, I care about pleasing him. And so when he communicates, I'm, I love you and I'm pleased by you, that really makes me feel good. Yeah. I had a, my, my uh, mentor, Sumner Wimp, got out of the car one day. He had this 76-year-old woman, his wife, in front of him, and he stopped me specifically so she, just where she could hear me. And he said, hey, Dave, I want to ask you a question. I said, what? He said, he said, you ever seen a pair of legs on a 76-year-old woman that looks that good? And I said, <laughs> and, I, and she said, she waved her hand in back of her like, stop that. And I, I tell people all the time that meant keep it up, buddy. <laughs> keep it up, buddy. <laughs> keep chasing me. At 76 years old, I hope I'm still chasing my wife. At 66, I am. <laughs> so so you, need to, uh, you need to show that. How about you, uh, Cody? What, do you, what would you say? Yeah, Shonda uh, does love me in so many amazing ways. You know, she the just uh, what makes me as a man feel good is just the way she looks at me. Um, she shows me a, a lot of consistent physical reverence. Um, she uh, is is involved in the things that I enjoy as well, and um, and uh, you know, I I love that she loves the Lord. That makes my oh, heart feel so safe in, with her. Like, I just trust her so much. She's the most honest, trustworthy person with character that I know. And I just, my heart just feels safe with her. That makes me feel so good as a man to know that about her. And it's easy, honestly, to uh, compliment her and to love her because the way she loves the Lord. Hmm. She loves the Lord and it makes you love her more. That That's so true. I tell my, my, I tell people, I fell in love with my wife because she was beautiful uh, she is she has beautiful blue eyes. I, I she, but the thing that really just attracted my soul to her soul was her talk about the Lord Jesus Christ and and care about people and and her love for the things of God just made me fall in love with her and uh, uh, wanting to be with her all the time because of who she was and because of the again her spiritual her walk with the Lord Amen. and uh, go ahead. Yeah, she's like she's like my she's my best friend. We talk about this all the time. Like Shonda's my best friend. I love hanging out with her. When uh, you asked me to come out to Las Vegas, I thought, well, I want to drive with my family. You know, I want to. This will be a great opportunity to spend time with my kids, but also just sit next to my wife in the car. And I just like we like being together. We don't like being apart. And we know we have responsibilities in life, but then when we get together, it's just it's such a joy. And that's companionship is such a gift from God. And, uh, but, um, when two people love Jesus, um, they're better able to love each other unconditionally and it just makes life so thrilling. Yeah. My wife and I travel thousands of miles in the car, uh, every year and people say, how do you do that? And I think, man, it, it's, it's the best because there's nobody that can get to us. Yeah. It's just her and me. And now that the kids are gone, it's like her and me. And man, we're just talking, and it's not like we're talking all the time, but we we really get to interact. And like when she's saying, "David, there's ice on the road, and you're going 80 miles David? an hour." <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a great testimony of you and Anna 
that you've raised five kids in Las Vegas. They've all left the house and you still love each other. Like you can, you wouldn't believe how many couples we talked to are just together for the kids. We're just here for the kids. And when they're gone, we'll be separated. And it's like, that's not how it's supposed to be. No, no. Uh, and the fact that you guys, you know, love it, can't wait to be around each other. Is so, so awesome. Well, we, we do a lot of our life. We were talking about this the other day. So much of our life is centered around our children still and our grandchildren. And, and, uh, some people shy away from that, quite frankly. They shy away from the whole idea of, oh, it's all about the kids. You know, the kids are growing up. It's all about the kids. It's, it's all about the kids. That's the way it should be because that's what you're going through life together at that point. So don't get upset because well, I'm always thinking about Katie. I'm always thinking about Pip. Uh, we're always, it's all, all of our conversations are about them. In that time of life, that's what you're doing. Yeah, you're right. raising your children, and 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 there were. T- I mean, that's that's what our conversations were about. What are you, who's going to take in the mayor? What are we going to do? How's this going to happen? And what what are they grading? How come they're doing this? And 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 so there is an adjustment period when you come to the end. Now it's how are we going to get the grandkids out? <laughs> you know? So th- that is that is. So our our lives are not like uh, in boxes. Our lives are just all meshed together, and and so th- we do have a lot of conversations today about our children. Our and in fact, we d- we don't drive. We drive by things. We say, oh, and we mention one of the grandkids. Oh, they would love this, or they would love. Oh, we want to bring them here. We want to show them there. And there's just not enough time to get all that in with all the kids. So, but uh, so so important. So good. I appreciate you saying that. Now. Uh, have you any great resources that you'd like to share? Some things that maybe have been a help to you guys that would be a help to others. Um, I mentioned a book called Adventuring Together. Um, it's more for parenting, but it applies to marriage as well and how to build a marriage that's full of adventure. Mm. And it's it's a really easy book to read, um, fun book to read. Um, and like I said, it is more in the context of parenting, but it applies to marriage as well. And that will really, really help your marriage, learning to bring in adventure to your marriage. Wow, that's good. I'd like to, uh, who's the who's the author of that? That's I, okay, I, I forget that. I'll look it up. <laughs> okay, all right. How about you? Well, uh, one thing that I've, I've noticed that has helped a lot of couples, and this is kind of like different than just reading a book, is... Other, th- other than... Raising God's Kids in Sin City. That, that one has been number the most, one like, powerful book. Top right? book. Okay, I just wanted to make New York sure. Times bestseller. Okay, <laughs> it is. It is actually a really good book. Okay, so yeah. go ahead. You said one other thing. Well, this is kind of like not just a book that you can pick up. There's thousands of books on marriage that you could pick up, and it's highly recommend that you listen to podcasts about marriage. They focus on the family and, and Tice talks and other podcasts that deal with marriage. It's it's easy to just listen to for 20 minutes in your car. When you're driving to work, I highly encourage people to keep fr- freshening up their their marriage and and investing in that relationship. But one thing that has helped a lot of couples is taking like a personality test, like Clifton Strengths, a Strengths test, just to give language to how your spouse views life. It's not necessarily oh. define you as a person, but it at least gives you uh, a perspective of how they view situations so that you can understand them better. And that's what the Bible says is to dwell with them according to knowledge. And it's like, okay, well, this will better help me understand my spouse 
And so a personality test like Clifton Strengths or something like that would be a, a good source um, that could really help you communicate well with your spouse. Wow. That way you're finding out how they think. Okay, so that book is called Adventuring Together, How to Create Connections and Make Lasting Memories with Your Kids by Greta Eskridge. Okay. So, and you Great. can get it on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Great. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I, I want you to know how much I appreciate you both. Uh, I What I really appreciate you, about you as individuals and as a couple is that you are genuine. Uh, I know if I ask uh, Shonda a question or you a question, I'm going to get your heart. There's no phoniness. There's no, it's just you. And I thank you so much for being here. I thank you for spending some time with me today on Tice Talks. Uh, we are, I told, I told our church uh, when they were here with us for our uh, 44th anniversary that we are officially adopting Shonda and Cody can come along. And so, uh, so uh, we are, we just thank God for uh, for you and thank God for your ministry. And I just want to uh, encourage you, if you're ever in the Grand Rapids area, go to GR Church, that's Grand Rapids Baptist Church, and be part of uh, what is going on there. We thank you for listening, and I hope this has been a blessing to you. Remember, this is Tice Talks, and it's more than a conversation.